All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Welcome, everybody, to Dropping the Gloves. It's a new day, Tim. Take five. What's that? Take five. Take five. Fifth time trying this stinking podcast today. Internet connections and kids and Tim had to move. It's just a disaster. So we're finally getting it right the fifth time. But it's a new day because we have no hockey anymore. It's done. Hockey's over. Now we get to transition to fun stuff. No more analyzing games, clips, having to sit up until one in the morning watching games and trying to figure out something to talk about. Now we can do <laughs> Isn't that nice? Well, it's hard work, right? It's hard work having to watch this game and then you got to have a take the next morning to, to be able to talk about that stuff. And that's only like, you know, just the tip of the iceberg. The guys that do it for a living and yeah, you're watching a hockey game, but it's it's grueling, you know? Yeah, I think people who do it for a living have people who give them little pointers to talk about. This is what you're going to talk about today, you guys. So, But no, it, it was a good playoff run. Tampa Bay, congratulations again to them. Very exciting hockey, but it's time to move on. It's time to transition because right around the corner, we have free agency begins. And then after that, we have the draft. And after that, the season begins. So who knows when the season begins? There's a whole ball of wax to kind of deal with when when that comes around because – well, we'll have to devote a whole episode to that. Where do you oh, play? Yeah. How do you keep the players safe? And safe is a very strange word to use. The players are obviously safe, but how do you keep them, you know, non-COVID stuff? Like, you know, it's just a, a lot of kind of moving parts. You saw how terribly it worked in baseball, and now football has its first positive test. So it's going to happen in hockey if they don't do the bubble, which they cannot do the bubble. So we'll see how it goes. Moving on. Our, my guy, 
my former goalie, Henrik Lundqvist. I did not think it would happen. I think I thought the New York Rangers would do him right and they would let him. And maybe this is just my heartstrings pulling, but I, I thought he was going to retire a Ranger and that would be that. But they bought him out yesterday. They're moving on. They're, they're moving on with Shashkushkin and their other guy, Gregorov. Georgiev, yeah. Georgiev, the Russian, Russian assassins. So what are your thoughts on this? I think the writing was on the wall. He's 38 years old, but I don't know. What do you think? Not a surprise. And this term gets kind of thrown around a lot, but it truly is the end of an era. He's been there for 15 years. I saw some stats of like, you know, like the year that Henrik Lundqvist came into the league, like Enrique Iglesias had the number one song and like all these crazy things of how different the world was, you know, 15 years ago. Um, I would like to see him go to a team and he's not going to be like, a you know, a stud goalie, but go to a team where he's got a chance to win a cup. And again, we've seen this. You don't need a stud goalie anymore to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, Vasilevsky is a stud goalie. You need a goalie to play well, but you don't need, you don't need to pay him $9, 10000000 million in order to get that goalie. So um, if, if Lundqvist can go somewhere, I don't even know. I mean, maybe Pittsburgh. Maybe he goes and backs up Tristan Jerry if they're going to trade Ryan, uh, Murray. So um, it's, it's tough to see, but I'm sure he's excited. I think he probably sees some possibilities of – uh, a new place to live, a new group of guys, a new team, a new city, and maybe he can finally get over that hump and, and get his name on the cup next year. Well, does he go to the Boston Bruins? He, You know what? I would take him. I, I would take him for sure. Because I was surprised to hear this when Tuka Rask has been floating around as a potential trade target. Don Sweeney, you know, he's had conversations with team about Rask's market value. And it's it's strange to – See that he's been a staple with the Bruins for however many years. He's their backbone. I know I joke about Boston needing a goalie all the time, but that's just to get under skin tin skin. Rask is doesn't work. Doesn't work. He's a he's a stud goalie, and he's on a very man, manageable contract. And I, I just don't understand why the Bruins would even entertain offers. I, I don't get it. Maybe they're trying to make a push to sign Krug if they can unload Rask real quick and move on from him and kind of steal Krug. But it's strange. There, there are only a few teams that their goalies are safe, and it's not a very long lift list. Like Montreal, Winnipeg, and Tampa Bay, they're not moving their goalies because no one's going to take Carey Price, and Connor Hellebeck is a stud, and Vasilevsky is the reigning uh, Stanley Cup champion. And then the Rangers have their two guys, Shashirskin and Georgiev. And then after that, I guess, like Carter Hart in Philadelphia, he's in there, Bennington in St. Louis. But there's not a, like Gibson, maybe in Anaheim. But after those handful of teams, every other team is just kind of up in the air with their goaltending situation. It, it's an unprecedented year. And I know we've been talking about goalies because it is the story. It's amazing how many teams don't have a number one or a number two locked in. It, it's, it's quite remarkable. And if you look at last year, there's these veterans who kind of bounce around from team to team. There's the Mike Smiths, there's the Cam Talbots, there's the there's a few other guys who kind of bounce around from year to year. No one's seen a market like this where you can go out and potentially get a Henrik Lundqvist. You can get a Devin Dubnik. You can get a Martin Jones. You could probably get a Ben Bishop if he's healthy. You could get these really, really former Vesna winning goalies to be on your team for probably a pretty manageable salary cap hit. It's going to be wild. I'm telling you right now. It's going to be something else. I don't know. I am looking forward to a just gut reaction 
where do you see Lundqvist ending up? Uh, well, he's going to go somewhere. He's not going to go to a team that's not a serious contender for the cup, right? You yeah. have to think that. And, and I do think, I mean, you know him a little bit. Do you think the city matters to him? Do you think, like, he, the appeal of a big city or small city, do you think he's thinking about that, or is he only thinking about chances of winning a cup? No, he, he – listen, he's an ultimate competitor. He works hard. When I was there, he would – he takes his craft very serious, very serious, to the point where he would – he didn't like how his hands felt in his gloves because they were sweaty, so he puts, like, gloves on under his blocker and his catcher's mitt just to make himself feel a little more, have a grip and it's a little more padding, but no, he, he likes to be in the big show. He was the perfect fit for New York. I remember going to his place and he lived on this penthouse in the hell's kitchen right around the corner from me. Obviously I lived in this like one bedroom roach motel that still costs $6,000 a month. And he lived on a penthouse just a few blocks over and it was this massive outdoor patio with a bar and a couches and stuff outside. Like his outside was 10 times the size as my inside was. So he <laughs> likes that. Like he likes to be able to go out at night and hang out with celebrities, go, go hang out with John McEnroe, go hang out with these people, play his guitar. He's a really good guitar player. And I, I don't see him getting the hats obviously in other cities, but he, if it was his choice, if he's like, okay, well I can go to a, an Edmonton or a Chicago, I'm sure he would pick a Chicago just because that nightlife is there. And it gives him a chance to further his, his personality, get, get himself out there. He's very marketable. He's got so many endorsements with so many companies and he's a good looking dude. He drives his Lamborghini around town and man, he, what about, what about Toronto? That would be interesting. Is right? he, uh, is he an upgrade over Anderson though? No, but is he is he a one one a if he's making you know three million dollars or something? Yeah, that's the thing. Money is such an issue here where you can't just keep your players. You gotta you gotta be smart for not today, but the next two, three, four years because this cap is not going to rise anytime soon. So Toronto would be interesting. I, I honestly see him landing in Canada somewhere. That that's what I see for him, and it's probably not ideal for him. He would probably want to go to a bigger market, but. I don't know of any teams in the States who are going to be Stanley cup contenders, maybe Nashville, Calgary. That's not in the States though, Tim, that's actually in Canada. I know that, but I think that's a team that would would get them. I would think Edmonton or Calgary. Those would be the two teams who are cup contenders who could potentially make a run for him. What about the team? If, if the Islanders can get out from under the contract, would they bring in Lundqvist? They have two pretty good goalies, though. I know. I think I think it'd be cool for him to stay in New York. Would he go yeah. to the Devils? Because he could still commute from his from his uh, place. I don't yeah, know. They're not going to win a cup, though. No, they are nowhere near a cup. But it's just interesting. Does he go down south? Does Dallas pick him up? Just go for the oldest team in hockey history? I don't know. There's there's a lot of moving parts. Like you have the. The LAs, the, the San Jose's who aren't really contenders, but they still have good players. I don't know. Very, very interesting. It was sad to see him get bought out, but it just adds to the the melting pot of goalies who are going to be out there. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's honestly crazy. All right, moving on. We touched on Tampa Bay last episode about them being in such salary cap mecca. They're doing a good job. I don't think they're in that great a shape. There's been rumors around that their GM is trying to move. That's the thing. They're in good shape for this upcoming year. 
potentially they have to sign some big names this year. They have to sign Sergachev, and then next year they have to sign some big names too. So Yanni Gord makes too much money. So what is Tyler Johnson? How do they get out from under those guys? Their val- Yanni Gord's value could not be higher than it is right now. Do you see a team taking a guy like him for five plus million cap? I don't know. If Tampa Bay can juggle this. I'll be very, very impressed with their new GM, the uh, Julian Breezebaugh. That That's like an impressive feat if you can get out from Yanni Gord's contract. Because see, like I said, everybody loves Yanni Gord right now. He was amazing in the playoffs. Can he replicate that over an 82-game series over four years, what's left on his deal? Absolutely not. Not a chance. So I don't know. That's an interesting kind of turn of events happening there. I don't know. There, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be insanely exciting what's going to happen. Because you have teams who have, they have not produced and they have big numbers on their team. And when you don't produce, you want to shuffle a deck. You need to get fresh bodies in there. You need to mix it up a little bit. Prime example is a team like LA, the team like Nashville, the team like San Jose. What do these teams do? To kind of mix it up a little bit, Tim. I don't think most of those teams you just talked about are that close to where mixing it up is going to really do anything for them. I I, th- I disagree. I think if you shuffle in a few different players, LA is right back in the mix. San Jose is right back in the mix. San Jose has a good core. They got Hurdle. They have Couture. They still have a good D core. They have some good pieces on that team. If you just, you know, take out a couple pieces, add a couple pieces, you'd be surprised. Get Martin Jones out of there. Like, they're not that far off. And same with L.A. And then especially Nashville, the Matt Duchesne trade. Woof. Or the signing. That one didn't really work out. Ryan Johansson. I don't know. Kyle Turris. Just mix it up a little bit. I I think this offseason will just be – people will be grabbing their passports and jumping on planes all over the place. I I think every team – will make drastic changes. Usually every team, they add two or three guys. This year, I wouldn't be surprised if teams added five, six, seven guys. A, to get them under the cap, or B, you're making a run for it. And you're going to add some salary cap, and you're going to spend to the cap, and you're going to lose money this year if you're an owner, but you're going to win the Stanley Cup. So, I don't know. It's just very interesting to see this. TSN has the the trade bait. They do such a good job, Frank Saravelli. Number one on the list, Oliver ekman Larson. Yeah, I, I need help understanding this, John. I, I'm not able to make sense of this. The Bruins right now are not able to sign Tory Krug because they're talking about moving him. He's pretty much gone. That's a pretty much just a fact at this point. And now they're linked to Oliver Ekman Larson, who I think is not as good as Krug, makes 8.25 over the next seven years. How, I, I don't understand that. How does this make sense? Can you help me understand that? Well, the fact that the Bruins are even entertaining the trade for this guy is very strange. They, they have to move some money around. They really do. And just down that list, you see Jake DeBrusque, and I see that's why you see Tuka Rask on that list too. Those guys make money. Jake DeBrusque, he could be such a great player. But anyways, let's, let's stay on Oliver ekman Larson. I think the only way they take him on in a trade is if Arizona eats half of his cap and the Bruins send a first-round pick the other way. So I think if the Bruins pony up a first-rounder, they get Larson, and the Coyotes eat $3 bucks of that cap for the rest of the contract. I think that's the only way they make this trade work. Because there's no way the Bruins – Don Sweeney's no dummy. Like, he's been around the block. If you were to choose between Krug, I bet you could get Krug at seven five eight, 
you're going to take Krug all day, all night. But if you're getting Oliver Ekman Larson for $5 million, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Plus, yeah, you, you only have to give up a first rounder for it. I, I, it is strange to see him at number one. It is strange to hear Boston in on him, but they do need defensemen. Like they're not getting any younger with crew gone with Chara out the door, potentially Carlo is just, you know, he's okay. He's okay. And then you have Charlie that. McAvoy. That's the best I've said about him. I that. know. McAvoy's a good D-man, but you need more than that. You need more than Lazan and Grizzlick and stuff. You need to have some NHL caliber guys to run the power play, to make plays. So they need a puck-moving guy now that they're losing crew. And he would fit the bill. And then some. He, Larson's a good defenseman, bordering on a great defenseman. So I don't know. I don't see them making this move just because – Publicity-wise, how, how it looks for them in Boston would be terrible. If they if they get him and they let Krug walk, Krug is Boston's guy. Like he he fits in so well with that community, the way they play their game. Like he's a for a puck moving guy, he throws his body in there. He plays a hard nosed game. So I don't know. That's interesting. I I I, I don't think he goes to Boston. But if you're not a GM, you're not doing your job. If you don't kind of sniff around, see what's out there, what kind of deal you can get. You've counted on restaurants and other accounting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed and they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. I was craving Olive Garden the other day. Tim, boom, DoorDash, Olive Garden to my door in 40 minutes. Piping hot, chicken Alfredo, tour of Italy. Thank you so much, DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off your zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. So don't forget that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. The wait is finally over and football is back. Oh my god, the Bills are 3-0, Tim. It's unbelievable. The Patriots are 2-1, so lucky. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their wagering opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to the Bet Online website today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, they are your online sports books experts. I, I like it. I like the player and, and you look at his point totals over the past like seven or so years. You're looking at 44, 43, 55, 39, 42, 44, and then 30 in the shortened season. But he's also had. So those are good numbers, but he's had multiple years. He's double digit goals every single year. And he had two years where he scored back to back 23 goals and 21 goals as a defenseman, which is just like stellar, stellar top of best in the league type of numbers, uh, which is really cool to see. And you can kind of see that. He's got a really bad plus minus, but I don't really hold too much to that, just considering he's been on some really tough 
Coyotes teams. I, I do like the player. He's always he's a captain of his team, so he's a good locker room guy. He's well respected in that in that city. So I, I think he would fit in well here, and I would love to see him. But I guess, like you said, if they eat some num- the salary cap, and if Krug's out the door anyway, Oliver Ekman Larson is not that big of a drop off from Krug, um, and probably is a bigger, more physical guy. But I just I worry when I see him as the number one trade bait, and I see the Bruins linked to him. I just worry about us pulling off some stupid moves to get rid of him or to, to yeah. get him. I mean, like we're gonna give up some stupid assets, and everyone's gonna be mad. And like, I mean, I I don't know, like DeBrusque and Carlo for for him. It's like okay, I I don't do that deal anymore, you know. Um, so it that's just part that makes me nervous. Is like what what's Sweeney gonna do, and how is the city of Boston gonna be pissed about it? No, they'll definitely be upset because if, if Krug doesn't come back and you get this guy, it will be upsetting to the fans. That's just how Bruins fans are. But yeah, DeBrusque and a first rounder and Arizona eats some salary cap. That's a good trade for both teams. I think that's a good trade. DeBrusque yeah. is a decent player when he wants to be. That's the key when he wants to be. Who knows when that is? Like he, he puts up, he had 35 points this year. He's still young. He's 23 years old. He will get a big contract this year. He's an RFA. He's going to need a big number. That's the problem. What Define big. Like, I think he goes and makes $4 million. Yeah, I think that, that's a big number. Yeah, well, it's a big – he's on his entry-level contract now, but it's not like he's – he's not a huge player yet. And I think he will be. I think he will be a good player. And I think the Bruins have a bigger need uh, on the on the right-hand side. Like, they have not – they've been a revolving door for Krejci's right wing, second-line right wing – for like ever since Nathan Horton left pretty much. Yep. You had Horton, you had Aginla, you had Sagan at one point, uh, and even Michael Ryder going back seven or eight years. Like you've, you've, been, you've had those players in certain times, but they haven't had it ever since. And DeBrusque has been there at times, and they, have, they got Anders Bjork there as well. But again, they're both lefties, so they're kind of playing the off wing a little bit. So they're really just servicing a role rather than their natural positions. And then neither of them have really worked out too well. So I think the Bruins are much more desperately need to solidify their top six and that they don't have it right now. Uh, you could put Pasternak there and find someone else for Bergeron's line. I see that too. But again, it's, just, it's you know, six dozen of whatever the, the term is. Six of one, half dozen of the other. They need a, they need a top line right wing. Uh, and obviously Ekman Larson is not that. And I just worry about them giving up assets that they could be using to solidify their top six. Do you know who's a right winger who could be available? Who's a, who's a goal scorer? My main man. Fill the Thrill Kessel. Ooh. A little remake, a remix, part deux, back in Boston. I think that would be a nice fit. Throw him on the second line there. Oh, my word. I think that there are some right wingers available, but they have some miles on them, like a Brandon Sod. That could potentially work. I think you could yeah. kind of tear him out of Chicago. The I don't know if he's a top he, six player anymore. He makes six million bucks. Do you want to kind of put that on? The two guys who don't make a lot of money, who are interesting are Josh Anderson from Columbus. He hasn't produced that much in his career. He's had some injury problems, big body. He moves, he lugs the puck up and down. He's got decent hands. I think he would fit in well with them. And a guy who's not going to fit under salary cap for the next coming years is Jake Vertanen from Vancouver. He's a good little player. He plays, he'd be a good second, third line guy. He'd fit in well with Boston. He's kind of the same type of player as a Krejci, same type of player as a Marshawn where he kind of gets in and out of scrums. He's, he's really quick with the puck. He is an RFA. He will need to be paid, but Vancouver can't pay them with all the kind of cap that they're going to be spending coming up soon with Pedersen and all those guys. So he might be an interesting guy where you can maybe try to trade for him, you know, throw him an offer sheet, see what happens. 
I do like, yeah, I like Josh Anderson. We talked about him last year. He plays angry. He's a good playoffs player. I only really saw him then when the Bruins had the series against him in 2019, but he's a, he's an angry guy and he plays, he's mean and he's, he's diving in front of pucks and he's got a little bit of a scoring touch as well. He's like, he's not going to score you 30 goals a year in and out, but um, he's a, he's a really good player, a two-way guy. So I would take him, but again, I don't know that that solves the Bruins. Does that solidify the top six beyond question? Probably not. No, so. but it helps because right now they are so thin. We said it at right after they got beat out. They need winger help. They need winger scoring. They haven't had a decent winger scoring like the second and third line guys since, gosh, Lucic, I think, was their last guy who put up some decent points on the wing. Maybe Louis Erickson until I ended his career. Um, I shouldn't joke about that because people are going to get all over. It was a clean hit, everybody. Deal with it. Uh, no, it wasn't. So moving on, the Oilers. Every name out there seems to be linked with the Oilers. What are they going to do? Um, Nugent Hopkins is not signed yet. I heard they're talking with him. They've been they've been talking to everybody. They've been talking yeah. to Oliver Ekman Larson. They've been talking to Matt Murray. They need a goaltender. They've been talking to Darcy Kempfer, Peter Mrazek, who played for their um, former their current GM. It's just. Every person on earth, apparently, who is a good hockey player is linked to the Edmonton Oilers right now. Clefbaum, arguably their best defenseman right now, he's out. He's hurt. His shoulder is apparently really, really bad. It's like the shoulder injury you had. Yeah, you know, gosh. You know, how, you know how bad that is. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him a call. tell him what I went through and let him know he's not alone. So the silver lining with this is if he goes in for surgery and he's on the shelf for a long time, like a year, that money is off their team. That's on the long-term injury reserve. So yep. that doesn't ca- that does not count against your cap. So you're saving four four point two million there with him being on the shelf. And you can go out and you can kind of make some moves with that money. If you could ever, I don't know, they're not going to re-sign FNSU. They're not going to re-sign Matt Benning. Maybe they can trade him, get a couple draft picks for them, but I don't I don't see that happening. What do you do? If you're Edmonton, what is your biggest need? I'm sure we talked about this before. What goalie do you go for? And do you go for a grade A defenseman like Oliver Ekman Larson? They need a grade A defenseman, but think about what you just said, right? If Clefbaum's out and they got a little bit of money to play with, but they still have a big gaping hole in their top two, maybe top four defensemen. So uh, I, I think it doesn't just give them a little bit of money to go do whatever they want. They now have a huge hole and big gap to fill. So um I hope he doesn't go out you know who knows what it, what it looks like yet I know there's still reports coming out about him but I think uh, Clefbaum and Nurse are both good defensemen uh and they've actually kind of surprised me a little bit the last year or two they put up pretty good numbers I I don't know that they're they're not a one and two on a Stanley Cup winning team no you know what I mean um, I think they're, they're they're one and two on a good team, and the Oilers are a good team. But they're not going to be. You need a guy you can rely on. You need a horse. You need a Headman. You need a Petrangelo. You need a Keith. You need a Latang. Uh, and they don't have one of those guys. So is Ekman Larson that guy potentially? Maybe I don't know. We haven't really seen him on a good team. Um, but I don't know. It's just every year that goes by. Same with Buffalo. We can get to Eichel in a minute. Every year that goes by that Connor McDavid isn't raising the cup is just a so, so bad for hockey. So sad. For, like, I, I feel terrible. Um, and it's re- <laughs> the fact that they're not even barely making the playoffs, if at all, missing it most years, 
these guys should be going on runs every year. The whole country should be watching these guys yeah. go on deep runs every year. And the fact that it's not happening is just awful for the game. It does not, it's not a good look for the sport. Yeah, it's, it's a travesty. And at least when Gretzky started off, they were making playoff runs. You know, they, they were in the mix. They, they made it to the conference finals. They made it to the Stanley Cup and lost. They were at least in the mix. These guys aren't even sniffing it. Like, they, they're first round and they're see you later if they get to the first round. I think McDavid's been in the playoffs, what, twice in his five years, maybe once, six years? So it's, it's incredible. What I just read here while you were talking, Taylor Hall, if they don't sign Ryan Nugent Hopkins, they're going to make a run for Taylor Hall. How unbelievable would that be if Kessel goes back to Boston, Taylor Hall goes back to Edmonton, and everybody just starts off where they began? And the world spins madly on. And it would just seem so fitting that those two guys would go back to where it all began. It would be great. And then they met in the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh, it'd be so great. I don't know. It would be good. They need Taylor Hall. It'd be be, be beautiful to see him back there with with, uh, Dreinseidel and McDavid flying up and down the wings. That'd be a scary team. They would give up 100 goals, but they would score. Hall's a good player. Right? Uh, Right, Tim? Yeah. I just got some late-breaking news. Do you want to hear this? Oh, gosh. Yeah. You're breaking up a little bit, but go ahead. The Sharks are very close to attaining Devin Dubnik and Ryan Donato from the Minnesota Wild. Wow. Who did you hear that from? Inside Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. According, Well, it's my guy in Minnesota, um, Russo. He works for the Minnesota Tribune. So He just just texted you? Don't worry about it. So the only issue is Dubnik has a no trade clause. So if he's put the Sharks on his 12-team list, which he's already submitted to the Wild, that could be that could be tricky. And it looks like the Wild are just going to get a draft pick or a prospect back from San Jose. So that means San Jose is going to have to move some goalies. Who do they got besides Jones? Well, they have their backup guy, Dell, Aaron Dell. Hmm. So I would think that hopefully – they move Jones and hopefully San Jose's thinking Devin Dubnik picks up his play. Like the, I'm not getting Devin Dubnik to be my starter for next year, not having a pretty good backup plan. Like he was, he, he was not very good the last few years. No, but he has been a really, really good goalie in this. Very league. true. Um, do you think that like Dubnik and, and Martin Jones could challenge each other as, as, as like Grice and Varlamov, like similar situation there? Or a laner flurry, maybe not as good, but yeah, I think that would be a good one too. But then again, you're committing a ton of money to your goaltending. Like, I don't know how much, what does Jones make? Do you think? He makes like 6 million, I think. And I, I, I think Devin Dubnik makes that much as well. Like they make a lot of money. So for them to throw 10 plus million on their goaltending core, and when you're not getting a star goaltender, potentially, I don't think you can make that kind of – I don't think you can make that work. These guys, you can't throw $10, $11, $12 million and not be assured you're going to have a quality goaltender in your net. So, I don't know. I don't know what so, happens. What Jones you- makes 5.75 and Dubnik makes 4.3. So, $10 million bucks. Yep. So it's All right. I guess you could see that work. But it, interesting. If, if this trade does happen, it's just it, – it begins. The goaltending carousel begins. And my guy, Al Stalock, is a starter in Minnesota – and they win the Stanley Cup, and then we go to the Stanley Cup party. Oh, I just want to go to a Stanley Cup party, Tim. Yeah, me too. That's all I want to do. I'm waiting for um, Good Row to send me a text letting me know where it is, but he hasn't done that yet. He's so yeah, what's selfish. up with that? He's so uh, incredibly selfish. 
He's been posting a lot on Instagram. He's just he's just partying it up right now. Nizzy, I don't I don't see that. I, I try to block that stuff out. So uh, if you, I was thinking about this while you were talking. If you could be the GM of any <laughs> of of any team right now, who would it be? Like, where would you have the most fun and maybe the easiest job being a GM of any of any team right now? Who would you be? Well, I don't. I don't think the most fun and easiest job. They're they're two different things. Because if you're a GM, you want to wheel and deal, and that's fun. But the easiest job is just kind of hitching your horse on, or hitching your trailer onto a team that already has everybody signed. I think the easiest job right now would be Vancouver. That's 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 who I would take. I'd love to be like manage that team. At yeah. that, the, when the next video game comes out, I think they're going to be my team. I think if I for the most fun, the team I'd want to. It would be Detroit or Ottawa. Probably Ottawa. Yeah. Ottawa has a ton of draft picks, a ton of cap space, and you could just do whatever you want. But I I would probably pick Detroit just because players, I think, are more likely to go play in Detroit than they are in Ottawa, as scary as that sounds, because Detroit's nothing special right now. City's, like, burning down. But, um, yeah, Detroit has a lot of young, good players. They have a lot of money. They have a few draft picks. I think I would take Detroit. That would be my team. And then Ottawa would be number two. It'd be fun just to construct the team. Literally. I would go out and just be wheeling and dealing. Like, what do you, what do you want for Crosby? What do you want for him? <laughs> what do you, what do you need? I'll give you a Dylan Larkin for Crosby. Would Pittsburgh do that trade? Dylan Larkin for Crosby. Are you asking me that question? Yeah. Crosby's got how many years left? Dylan's a young star player. who's proved himself in this league. Been an all-star. You shaking your head? No, no. The answer is no. Really? You wouldn't even entertain it. No, no. What about a Dylan Larkin for Evgeny Malkin? <clears throat> More enticing, but no. The, the, the Pittsburgh, they, they got to see their window is still open, and those two guys are still playing at an elite level. They're not in their prime anymore, but they're still elite. Uh, no. I would do Malkin for Larkin if I was Pittsburgh. Why? In a second. I think um, Larkin is a better player than Malkin at, at Come points. On. At Come points. On. I think Malkin is injury prone. I think at this point in his career, he is trending downward, whereas Larkin is still, if not going up, he's plateaued and he's going to stay at that level for a long period of time. So I think if you trade for Larkin, you get five, six years out of him at elite play. He's not elite. I would put him in the top 25 forwards in the league. Oh, no, no. No? He's he's, uh, top 25 centers. I would top – I don't think he's a top 10 center, let alone – I don't think he's top 15. I don't know. I mean, he's he's a good player. He puts up a very quiet, very soft 70 points a year. Like, he's not like this big number guy. He doesn't dominate the game when he's on the ice. He's got a lot of talent. I don't think he can be the guy on any team. So, no, I'm not taking him. He's I been mean, the guy on Detroit for a long look, time. Yeah, but look how it's worked out for them. Well, he doesn't have any people around him, but he's put up good points. Don't you think? No, he's a solid player. I'm not. I'm not busting on on Larkin, but I'm just talking about some big names being thrown in for him. So I don't uh, know. I don't know, Tim. I, I feel like if you put their stats side by side the last few years, I bet you Larkin is right up there. I don't know. We'll have to do an exercise. And not that that's like this is ever going to happen, but I just feel like if if you were to have a team. I would want to be Detroit because then you could go around and you could throw all these numbers and throw these guys at him. All right, Malkin does have more points. He's gotten 74, 72, 98 three years ago was his big, 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 big season. And then, you know, 
what else did he get? 72, 58, 70. So Malkin, I think on average, you can bank on him for 70 points. That's his average the last five years, which isn't great. Would you put that in the top 25, a guy getting 70 points? Whereas Larkin this year, he had 50 this shortened season. He had 73 the year before, 63 the year before that. So I think you can bank on Larkin getting 70 points too, the way he's trending. You know, I don't know, Tim. I don't know. That's why I'm a better GM than you are. That's all I'm saying. But anyways, what else we got to talk about? Anything pressing? No, that's it. We got the the weekend coming. So my mom's flying in tonight. So very exciting. Uh, Get to see her for the weekend. Yeah. Are you going to introduce her to the missus? Uh, You? No, I'm your missus. Yeah, you're my side chick. Yeah. Don't be weird. Who's your main chick then? No, nobody. So you're not going to introduce her to anybody? uh, No. Come on. All right. All right. She listens to the show and she thinks she texts me. She's like, oh, what is John talking about? What is this? What is that? I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's, it's not real. Tim's dating life, Mrs. Wurzberger. He has a very healthy dating life where he is courting many women. And he's doing it in a gentlemanly manner, but he is still seeing women. Let's wrap it up, John. Have a good day. You too, Tim. Thanks for <laughs> listening, everybody. And I will see you next week. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves for episode highlights, behind the scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways. Check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks and see you next time.